Hello, everybody. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Can you believe I'm back? I can hardly believe it. I can hardly. We had a pilot. We pitched it to the executives in Pat's brain, and they came back and they said, "You know what? I'm gonna commit. We know what we need. Ten more of these. We need ten more. And you know what? Just just like that, I, I packed the court." Like fucking Joe Biden's going to do when he gets elected. I packed the court with nine favorable justices in my own brain. And they unanimously, unanimously came back and said, you know what, Pat? The people need more of this. And it would be a national, our national nightmare for you not to return to produce episode one of the Herd Immunity podcast. And I tell you what, I am standing today before you all like President Trump Getting out of the helicopter on a (laughs) completely staged and absolutely made for TV moment where I'm now walking up the stairs, the marble staircase to the South Lawn of the White House, the capital of the United States of America, saluting absolutely fucking nobody, taking off my mask (laughs) and breathing, struggling to breathe. Breathing heavily uh, because uh, I still am not qualified to be doing this. Um, like Trump should not was not qualified to be leaving the hospital, um, and, and frankly, just now just infecting everybody, spewing this nonsense into the ether, infecting your brain with this absolute waste of time. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're along for the ride. I did get some good feedback though, and I, I want to appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that, and I want to say thank you for that. You know, I, I told like literally a handful of people that this was like something, uh, like in joking, like kind of drunk, being like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start a podcast and just talk, call it the herd immunity, and and just just have fucking fun with it." And I literally told like maybe four or five people, and within a week of it going up, I had all of those people and more reaching out, being like. Holy shit, it's up. And I can't tell if that's, that's a function of me just being such a lunatic that people are like, oh my God. You know, he used to just say this shit at my face and I wouldn't be able to say anything back because he would just keep fucking talking. He would just say these things in my face. And now I can listen to it on my own time in my commute. And rather than being screamed at at a bar, you just be screamed at, you know, at work while you're not working anyway. So I'm grateful to those people that have uh, have decided that this is this is worth their time. Even though they're probably not commuting, who the fuck commutes anymore? Um, but but thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Um, you know, I think <laughs> it's uh, it's fun to hear. Uh, I I don't know how many uh, ratings I need to get before you can, <laughs> before it shows up. Some of the the stars in the comments on on like Apple, for example. Um, but you know what? Let's do this. We all got to go. We all got to get on the same page. Like I put it out everywhere and that might be a mistake. I think we just, everyone, if you're on Spotify right now, I need you to go. This is, this is an Apple podcast podcast. All right. I need you to go to Apple podcast and that's where we're going to listen to this shit. We're going to consolidate. I need, I'm like a little border collie right now. I need the sheep right now. I'm going to nip at your fucking heels and I need you to go to Apple podcast. That's where we're going to, uh, that's where we're going to start. Um, I'm going to keep putting it out everywhere, um, but uh, just for for you guys, please go. Please go do that. Um, go vote. Go vote. That's what I need you to do. I need you to go vote for me.
Like Instagram. <laughs> you know how fucking funny it is? Like literally every every social media platform now and how slick and not to be cynical, not to get right off on the bat here and be cynical about it, but like it, do you guys understand like how fucking absurd it is that when you log into all these social platforms that sell political advertisements by the fucking way and make a shitload of money doing it? That like it cut it takes like a third of the page. They're like, hey man, have you voted yet, man? Fucking click this button to tell all your friends you voted, man. And you're like, bitch, I've been voting since I was 18 years old. Fucking illegally, granted, most of the time voting in fucking Hamilton County. But hey, I've been voting. Legally, not illegally. I don't think anything's going to change in this election. I mean, this actually might be the, like, the second election ever where I've actually voted uh, in the district I actually live in. So, you know, all this talk about fraud. I've been committing fraud my entire life. And this is why we have a pseudonym for this podcast because I just admitted to voting fraud, which I, I believe is punishable um, by a substantial prison sentence. So, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, where is it? This is the biggest fucking legal liability I think I've probably ever undertaken. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, the, the other thing too though, right, is like the way they do it. I, I watched that social, it's on Netflix. There's like a social, I don't know, media fucking new show out there. Where it's like, you get all these people that look exactly the fucking same. Like, they're all these, like, high-pitched, nerdy, fucking, literally white guys being like, I worked for a social media startup and made a lot of money doing it. And now that I have enough money to retire in my 30s, did I do the right thing? (laughs) But in any case, it was really poorly done. It was just a really bad documentary in general. But one of the funny things I kept hearing that I, I kept laughing about was just like how they do those algorithms. Like, I think we all knew this is kind of how they did it. But it is like, so, it made me even more cynical of the whole fucking enterprise. But this idea that like you log in, right? And like, they know what I'm fucking on Instagram for. Because I log in Instagram now. It's not even like my feed anymore. I log in Instagram and it's like the first pick is like some, you know, stacked woman in a bikini, you know? Just fucking, of course they know. Of course they know what I want. And then the next one, you scan one more and it's like fucking some girl, you know, with like, you know, that can bend her leg behind her ear, you know? So her like vag is right in the fucking center of the screen. And then you look at it like, is that girl? Like, you're like, is she, she gotta be, is she, is she 19? No, she's gotta be 19, right? And then part of you is still, because we've gotten to this age, right? Where it's like, like, you know, back a few years ago, right? Like you're in like, you know, low 20s. Fucking pretty much everyone above the age of 18 is fair game. If you graduated high school, pretty much the entire, you got the pick of the fucking letter. You're drafting in the first fucking round, right? You are fucking drafting the first round. And then now we're, you know, tw- late 20s, right? Now you have to sort of think about those things of being like, well, yeah, she's 19, but like, uh, it gets a bit creepy. It gets a bit creepy at this age. And I would say at this point, man, we're drafting, I mean, we're drafting in the low, low second round here. I mean, pretty soon, right? I think once you get to the 30s, you start to draft in the third round. Um, and then, man, when, once, you hit, once you hit 40s, I mean, you're talking, you're talking drafting the seventh round and, uh, you know, get to 45. And then it's just, for, you know, undrafted free agents, right? You're picking up the people. You're picking up, you're picking up the pieces of people's broken lives, essentially, at that point, right? At that point... You know, the first marriage has failed. Um, there's probably a couple of kids involved. I mean, this is the equivalent of picking up. I mean, it's possible, right? 
Bang with God, Vontaze Perfect as an undrafted free agent. And there's tons of stories of undrafted free agents doing very well. Um, but there's usually something in their past, right, that keeps, um, that keeps them on the sidelines, keeps them from being drafted. So, um, you know, you just got to be... <laughs> You just got to be aware of, of not only where you're drafting, uh, but also the limitations you know, placed on you of, uh, of where you can draft. And then, the, and then the third pick to finish this train of thought, right? And then it's like your nephew in like a fucking pumpkin patch. And then they say, go fucking vote. Right? But right before that, you got to deal with the, you know, whatever political advertisement they put there. And it's like, oh, well, I'm glad Facebook told me to vote. Because I wasn't going to do it, but now that I see this advertisement, that Mitch McConnell, man, he's a, he's a, bad, he's a bad man. I'm going to go vote now, right? That's the type of shit that they're trying to get you to do. And then I tell you what, I don't know. It's just, it's got me cynical, but I don't know. Fuck that shit, man. Anyone that gets, anyone that is swayed by fucking anything on social media regarding anything of consequence. I mean, that's, that, that's what we should start doing, actually. Of being like, we should do exit polls. In, in, for every voter that goes through and say like, what was the primary reason that, that brought you out today? And if someone at any point mentions that social media influenced me, be it an ad or your favorite fucking brand being like, go vote. I mean, immediately voter card gets taken away. I have no problem. I have no problem living in, a, in an elitist society. No problem whatsoever. But same thing with like these brands. Like I feel like all the marketing, like what the fuck are people in marketing doing these days? Right? I mean like has anyone come, has anyone come up with a slogan or a motto or fucking anything creative in the last, I don't know, three months? Or, or have they all just phoned it in, right? Remember at the beginning of the year? It was like this, we're all in this together bullshit about we're fucking, I know we're a bank and eventually we're going to ask you for our money and, but... Fucking for now, we're in this together. Fifth, third, bang. No, you're fucking not. Give me four barons for two fucking months and then you charge me all the goddamn interest that I owed you despite still not being in a job. That's the type of shit that our, our fucking corporations do. But no, we're in this together. But I think the, just the disingenuousness of that wore off probably in like, you know, June, which was right around the time that all of the protests started happening around here. And then basically it just, the marketing people were like, you know what? And this has been building for a long time where you can't, you can't do anything creative or say anything fucking on the edge these days without fucking the social media mob taking over. So everyone just phoned it in and said, well, you know what? Let's just tell people to go vote. We're not going to tell them anything about our products. Just go vote. Vote for what? I don't know. Just go, just go vote. That's a good thing to say. Everyone believes in go vote. Fuck that, man. I want less people voting. I, the problem is we have too many fucking people voting. I'm taking the opposite take on this and saying, no, 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 actually, if you're, if you're hearing this message and Uber telling you to go vote is inspiring you at any level to perform your civic duty, don't even bother. Don't even bother. If it doesn't come from within, <laughs> if it doesn't come from within you and your own set of values and what you believe that you can bring to society by contributing your intellect and your voice, come on, come vote. We like that. But if you watch an advertisement in Nike, you know, just do it. Just go vote. Fuck that shit, man. Corporations. And the, the fucking weird thing that we're, the weird space we're in, I just read today that Apple, Google, uh, fucking Amazon, all those guys, 
Now they're getting investigated, Microsoft, they're getting investigated for antitrust violations, which is way long past fucking due. But I, <laughs> I wonder at what point does like all of this like go fucking vote, go register to vote, turns into them telling you saying, okay, now go vote for the fucking Republican party because they say they're not gonna break us up. So fuck this up. Like this is gonna end so badly, I feel like. I mean, if it goes through, and granted, by the way, they should be broken up. They should have been broken up fucking 10 years ago. But the fact that now they're still continuing, and now, you know, they've got so much sway and push and all this digital age shit. I don't know where that ends. I don't know where it ends. Does it end with them saying, you better, you better go vote for our cause, and then they feed, they force feed you the information, right, to go fucking vote for the party, whoever the fuck it is that's going to save their ass. Fuck that shit, man. I don't know. Corporate personhood, I think, is, is uh, one of those things we need to uh, take a look at, too. Like, the idea, right? <laughs> I had this really convoluted fucking legal argument that I wanted to do, uh, and it had to do with corporate personhood. And it was, it was the idea that, you know, if a corporation is a person, right? They should, you know, obviously they, they, they can participate in politics. They can't vote, but they can do, they can influence it way beyond the average person, right? I mean, one person, one vote, very important. But money has shown that people with, you know, extraordinary wealth that can contribute, you know, mightily to campaigns have an outsized contribution and an outside influence, outsized influence on politics. And you got these corporations that can donate literally limitless amounts of money. We just saw it in fucking Ohio with the first energy shit. I mean, they paid off the Speaker of the House tens of millions of dollars and dumped, you know, tens of millions of dollars elsewhere into campaign contributions to secure a $1 billion ballot from the, from the, you know, from the people. And that shit hasn't been repealed yet. It hasn't been repealed. No one's even touched it. Like all this, the corporations... Having money in all of this shit, man, it scares the fuck out of me. It scares the hell. And, and anytime I see this, like, you know, marketing as fucking telling people to go vote, it's just, it's just so disingenuous. I, I don't know. It drives me fucking, drives me crazy. Um, but I don't know. Fuck, man. Enough of that. Uh, I don't know. Do we get into, do we get into sports? Is it, is it too early to get into sports? I'm, I'm bummed out now. I bummed myself out. Fucking talking, <laughs> fucking talking about voting. Oh God. Well, you know what? Someday, we'll, we'll get through this someday. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm literally wearing Bengals PJs right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm on to football. Baseball season's over. I'm on to football. And what a fucking disappointment the Reds. No, I'm not, no, I'm not even going to get into it. Not even going to get into it. Not, I'm just going to talk about my fucking pajamas, man. These pajamas that are, they're like two sizes too big. And I was given, they were given to me as a gift, like a Christmas gift. Like, I don't know, five years ago. Um, like, you know, past the age where I was growing, of course. Um, and they were given to me by my stepmom, who, you know, had this incredible knack for giving me gifts that like I actually liked and wanted, like loved the bangles. Like, oh, cool, sweet gift. You open it and then you look at it. And, you know, it's like for a man that's, like six foot four and 300 pounds. He's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Do you like it? Yes, it, it's, it's you know, it, it, I think you know, if I roll up the cuffs, you know, and, and tie the, the thing, yes, it, it'll fit quite nicely 
Thank you very much. And that's... <laughs> that's, the, that's like the type of uh, response I had to give, you know? Or else... Like, look, I, I couldn't show any form of, like, dissatisfaction or ungratefulness even um, to, to anything that, that was ever given to me by my stepmother because it was, like... And I made the mistake once as a kid of being, like, you know, I got this, like, set of, like, uh, like army fucking... Not army, like, like medieval, like, soldiers. Like a, I don't know, like a castle. Like I might have been, like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. It was, like, a castle, right? And it came with, like, you know, a king and, a king and like, a knight. And uh, I was like, yeah, like, this would be really cool. Like, are there more, like, men, you know? Like, fucking an army. And she's like, how dare you? I cannot believe. I cannot believe how ungrateful you are about getting this gift. And then literally, and and at that moment, and, like, I I think it took an entire year of, of, like, going through that, of being, like, you you ungrateful little piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus Christ! But but at the end, but it trained me to to be like everything. I had to be grateful for fucking every fucking thing. But and, and she knew that, and so she always would get me fucking presents that were like things I wanted. But then I just have to put on a brave face and be like, "Yeah, that is what I wanted." But I'll just you know maybe maybe I'll grow into it. <laughs> oh my God, are we getting to bad psychology? Oh my God, doing like a psychotherapist. Pat, how does that make you feel? Well, I, I don't know. It makes me feel kind of sad. I guess I don't, I don't know. I'd prefer to have clothes that fit me. Huh. It must have been tough as a kid to know that your stepmom was just doing things to get a rise out of you. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should go to therapy. <laughs> Everyone should go to therapy. Uh, that's like that disclaimer that you have to say now. Like, you know how anytime like someone gives you like a, a betting or a gambling take, like they have to say, you know, and gamble responsibly. Like it's like Dave Portnoy out there being like, I just stuck $20,000 just randomly on and over, but bet responsibly. Yeah, it's like that. It's same thing with like, what they used to do with like Bud Light commercials where it would be like one of those fucking like date rate pool parties where there'd be you know, like 30 hotties essentially, like basically like insinuating, like taking their clothes off and like, you know, four or five bros just like sitting around and then people like fucking pouring beer like off of a roof into someone's throat. And at the end they have to be like, drink responsibly. That's what you have to do now. Anytime you talk about mental health is like, but no, if you need to get help, it's okay to get help. And you know, if you need to say that, you know, you're not okay, it's okay to say you're not okay. And then you need to go, you need to put it on, put that on Instagram and make sure that everyone knows, right? That you're seeing a therapist. And then you also need to then, you know, continually, you know, emphasize the fact that, you know, you're not okay. And then if you're having a bad day, everyone needs to fucking know about it. And it's okay for everyone to know about it because God forbid anyone fucking keeps their problems to themselves these days. It just becomes a society problem. I have a problem, therefore... It should be the universal, the weight over everyone that sees it. It's okay to be not okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Um, yes. 
So the review for um, the herd immunity is, is he makes a lot of he gets into his own psychology about uh, maybe some childhood fuck traumas and then subsequently makes fun of people uh, that have uh, mental illness and and he and he makes light of people seeing therapists. What do you think that is? Is that a three star review or a one star review? I don't know. I guess you guys decide. <laughs> oh man, how how good did the bangles look though? Bengals looked, I mean, that, that was a, started off a little rough, you know, they had, um, you know, a pick in the end zone, Joe Burrow threw, it wasn't his fault, you know, um, Drew Sample got his, his fucking lunch money taken away, there was another call of a, a touchdown that, that came back because of a holding call, they had to settle for a field goal, and that, that kind of hurt, because at that point, the game was still on the line. You know, the the Jaguars looked okay. The Bengals' defense is just always a ticking time bomb. Um, and then obviously at the end of the, the second quarter, the, the defense gave up a terrible kind of drive at the end. Um, but I thought they played as perfect a, a last, or, you know, last offensive drive in the second quarter and just an absolutely flawless, absolutely fucking flawless third quarter from Joe Burrow. Um, you know, the offensive line gave him time. And, and that just goes to show, once again, I think I said last week, I don't want a tough quarterback, right? I, I, I don't want to hear that my quarterback's tough. I want to hear that he's got time in the pocket, that he can, you know, step up in the pocket. He can make a throw. He can put it on a dime. He can float the ball. You know, he can basically get through his progressions. And if it's not there, he can make something, you know, happen on his feet. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, Joe Burrow, credit to him, giving him time. In the pocket, he sees the field well. T. Higgins um, had an incredible game. And I hate to say it, but I think A.J. Green's done. And I didn't think I would ever fucking say this, especially, you know, with the Bengals being the site of their ability to evaluate talent. But, you know, I think A.J. Green's done. And, um, you know, he just doesn't have that, that acceleration anymore. And one of the things when you get a hamstring injury like he had, you just you can't – that's where you the the power and the drive you know in the acceleration that you need when you're sprinting when you're running it, it the powerhouse is the hamstring you have to have tight hamstrings and um you know the fact that he had not only an ankle injury he's had an achilles injury he's had turf toe he's got a hamstring it, he just doesn't he just doesn't have that, that burst anymore which is unfortunate and you know he i think he takes up 14 million in, in salary uh, and getting rid of him you know, if that's if that's what it takes to to get in a proper right guard, then um, you know I think I'd be okay with it. And I, and I didn't think I would ever say that, but the fact that T Higgins has emerged as a as a legitimate you know slot receiver to you know wide receiver two, I think you got, and then that's right now. I think give this guy a couple years to develop. I think he could be you know a premier you know wide receiver one. I think we'll grow into it. I think AJ Green kind of came into the league. Um, you know, as the bona fide number one, he just he was on another he was just on another level. But um, I think Higgins can develop into that, and I think Boyd is is solid enough. Um, you know, you get good enough production from from Auden Tate, who can go up and he's just got an incredible frame. And um, you know, Alex Erickson too. John Ross can't even make the squad, the the number one draft pick from a couple of years ago. So I mean, the Bengals are set a wide receiver, and, and if we have to let AJ to walk, which is, it pains me to say. I think uh, that's something we have to do. But credit to credit also to uh, you know Alex Redman. 
that he came in off the practice squad. The Bengals caught him last year. He goes, joins the Eagles practice squad. He comes back to us, our practice squad all year, gets the shot. Um, I think he had one one holding penalty, maybe, uh, but otherwise was was perfectly solid. And I think you saw it a little bit too in Bobby Hart, who's been the much maligned whipping boy, um, who's deservedly received a lot of flack for his performance in in pass rushing. I saw he had like a top. He's like a top six tackle for uh, for for run blocking, which is which is great. But he's also I think like twenty seventh or twenty eighth ranked for pass blocking. So you know I, I prefer to have a pass blocking. Right tackle for, for Joe Burrow. Um, but, hey, you know, he, he, he sprung open Mixon a couple times, and, um, you know, Mixon looked great. It, it just goes to show they got to run the ball more. they got to run the ball more. But they, they opened this week against, uh, against the Ravens as 14-point dogs, which I promptly, promptly hammered that line. I mean, Jesus, 14 points against what we saw this week? Granted, the Ravens are good. But this is the Lamar Jackson is a fraud game. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for this. I have so this is a hill that I was I'm going to die on, right? And it's a hill for the, by the way that made me look like an absolute fucking idiot when he was the MVP of the league, right? But he, I, I will never fucking admit that he's a good quarterback because he's not. Both times he's been to the playoffs, he was utterly and comprehensively found out. The, I just absolutely found the fuck out. Patriots, the Titans, I mean, it's just a good defense against this guy beats him every, every fucking time. Because if you make him stand in the pocket, <laughs> the opposite of Joe Burrow, make him stand in the pocket, step up in the pocket, make a throw, beat him, beat him, beat the team with your arm and not your legs, it, it, it will work every time. Now, granted, what makes him so special is his ability to run. And he made the Bengals look absolutely like chumps last year. I, I watched from the opposite end zone. So I, I had the view from, from the, you know, obviously end zone to end zone so I could see the play develop north to south. I saw him make one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. The highlight reel, I think, is still going where he drops back, makes one guy miss, two guys miss, does a spin move. The two linebackers came in and tackled each other. It was like, it was cartoon football. Like it's, it's when you're watching Looney Tunes and you're just watching fucking two guys hit their heads and miss, and miss the alarm. This spin move, Outran, you know, juke the safety, outran the corners to the end zone. It was just, it was an incredible play. And I'm not saying he's he's not a talent, but he is a fraud at the quarterback position. And and again, he was the MVP. Uh, but the other thing you have to keep in mind too is that the 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 Ravens had I, I think eleven Pro Bowlers last year, right? Half of his fucking offensive line went to the Pro Bowl. He had uh, Mark Ingram, a a Pro Bowl. Running back, he had a defense that Ford that allowed him to run the ball. He did not. He doesn't have to play from behind. That, those types of things. That when the tide turns, and a few years down the road, teams figure out how to contain Lamar Jackson because you know running quarterbacks don't last in the NFL. They can't. They, they you know Robert Griffin the third. I I it can go through the whole list of running quarterbacks that after a couple of years they just get banged up too much. It's just too violent a game to be taking those kind of hits. And as soon as you get figured out, and as soon as you get a, a couple of knocks on you, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I'm waiting for that to happen, right? Time was on my side for this argument that Lamar Jackson's a fraud. This much derided take that I have that I will never let go. Um, but I just, I, 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 I he's going to absolutely torch the Bengals. 
by the way. I mean, 14 points, I think, is, is a bit much. I think this team, particularly in garbage time, will be able, you know, with Joe Burrow to be able to air it out and, and maybe get, you know, 7 to 10 garbage time points to, to, to bring them back in, into covering. But uh, my gambling advice for the week, I, I would hammer, absolutely fucking hammer the spread this week. Um, because I, I, I cannot foresee the Bengals losing by more than 14 points to, to the Ravens. Um, with no crowd, um, Josh Bynes, linebacker, came from the Ravens. He, he, knows, he knows their defense. Uh, he knows their offense. He, he knows how to play against it. I think that's going to be a huge, a huge asset this week in kind of figuring out some of the schemes and the things that they're, they're likely to do. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then we'll close out, man, just talking about the fucking Reds. Um, <laughs> I, I watched that game. I, I, this, this was my day on Wednesday because I, I had taken that day off serendipitously. I, I just a random use it or lose it vacation. I just had to take the day. Uh, and it just so happens, you know, three weeks later that that's at noon the Reds play. Um, and so I, you know, get up and get dressed and very excited. I put on my little my vest. Hold on a sec. Woohoo! Oh, allergy season or COVID? Who knows? Maybe if I concern my neighbors by how loud I sneeze, uh, I can make some friends. Um, <laughs> but no, they. Uh, I, I went. I went to church that day. Wore my lucky necklace. I go. You know, I go to the bar. Actually, the first bar I went to. They said they didn't open until noon, which I was like, you know, I don't until fucking noon. I mean, there's a, there's a playoff game on, you know that, right? So I take my business right down to the banks. Holy Grail was full, so I go to Tin Roof, which I didn't fucking love doing. It's a fucking chain, but it is what it is. I got a nice seat at the bar right in front of the TV. Uh, they serve food, so I was, I was all good. And, um, man, it went, it went 15 innings. Uh, Trevor Bauer pitched an absolute gem. It, it might be the best postseason um, game in Reds history. They went eight innings, 12 strikeouts, no runs. Um, just absolutely phenomenal. Against a, a very, very good Braves offense, by the way. Which I saw the Marlins. Oh, and this one, man, this is what pains. I, they got shut out. They couldn't fucking get a run in. They were terrible on the base paths. It just it, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. And not because of, you know, just bad luck. It was just, it was bad base running. It was just Stupid baseball, not not intelligent baseball. Stupid baseball. It wasn't balls not falling in. They had I want to say eleven hits on the day. Um, they just couldn't do the little things to get the guys in, to get them over, to get them on. Um, and they you know they fucking promptly lost, and I got blacked out drunk. And the next day, I called in sick from work. Actually, believe it or not, because I was so fucking hungover. Um, <laughs> And then I watched that game, and I didn't even fucking care because I knew it was over. I knew that team was just full of losers, and the same thing fucking happens. They got two hit, uh, nine innings, no runs. Uh, they went 22 innings in total, uh, or 23 innings in total, and just could not fucking get it done. And um, it was 24 innings, 24 innings in total, could not get it done. And it's just, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing. But, you know, the, and the, the sad thing is, right, Trevor Bauer's going to win the Cy Young. He's the best pitcher that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I didn't think that I would ever see a better pitcher in a Reds uniform than Johnny Cueto. Um, but Trevor Bauer, is, he was, this was just a, a magical season, and, and he was so damn good. 
um, pitching on short rests before the playoffs, um, you know, pitching the playoffs, that absolute gem. And there was a video actually that came out today of him being in the training room, you know, stretching out, presumably getting ready. You know, the Reds are going to be in the next round. He's got to stay ready. And it was a, you know, Gino hits a, it's a line drive, you know, kind of down the line that the left fielder had to move to, to get to it. And Votto hesitates in the base paths, doesn't really fucking run, and then pulls up and then doesn't even attempt to go home. And Bauer's just like all of us in the training room being, you know, hands on head being like, you didn't send him. Send him. Oh, my God, you didn't send him. That's what I was doing at the bar. Just yelling. And, and, and he was doing the same thing. I feel so bad for him. But, I mean, he deserves... He deserves a Cy Young. He deserves a World Series, and, and hopefully he goes elsewhere to find it because he's, he's certainly not going to get that with the Reds, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and that's talking baseball. Um, all right, so I know, I know I'm at the end here. I, I also had time. I mean, so the other thing too, right, I think what we'll end up doing is uh, I'm going to try and do this a couple times a week. I, I think um, there's, there's enough positive feedback, or at least buzz initially, where I think doing this a couple times a week might be a good idea um, just to try and get the format down. Um, we didn't get the segments today, just fucking rambled. But um, you know, I think I think uh, maybe we'll do something on Thursday. Um, try and get some segments. Um, you know, send in if you need some, want some advice. Uh, I got a request. You know, do do we take um, content suggestions? Absolutely. Um, you can email me at the uh, the herd immunity podcast. And I'm not kidding. The herd immunity podcast at gmail.com. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to fucking, I got to double check that. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I'm pretty sure it's the herd immunity. Like not, there needs to be a the or a, or a, <laughs> not a the. So now I'm taking my mobile studio into my bedroom. Oh, this is good fucking podcasting, right? <laughs> you know what? One of these days, I think I might actually get like a, a proper studio. Oh, I might use my synchrony reimbursement. Oh my God, I just <laughs> edit that one out. I'll use my reimbursement from my employer for office supplies. And maybe I'll get a microphone claiming that that will help me work better. People will understand me better. I have a mumbler, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, this is good, good podcasting. As Patrick goes in his bedroom to, to get his computer, fire his computer. Oh, boy. Um, all right, yeah, but no, in the meantime, so other, other segments. Um, so, yeah, send, send in, uh, you know, questions to, to, the, to, the, to the email. We'll cover those. Um, I, I, you know, I'll do, I'll do relationship advice. Um, you know, I'll do career advice. I'll do life advice. Um, I'll do advice with, um, with, with in-laws. I'll do advice um, in childcare, in childbirthing. Um, I'll give medical advice. Um, I'll, I'll give any advice that you need. I'm like, uh, I'm like that surgeon, um, you know, that, that comes up on Twitter, you know, it's like, you know, shout out to all of our, our surgeons and nurses out there. It's a picture of Johnny sins. That's going to be me giving advice, um, to people. And I, and I hope they don't actually follow it. Oh, so I was right. It's the herd immunity podcast at gmail.com. The Herd Immunity Podcast at gmail.com. Write in your questions, suggestions, comments. Uh, another, another question we had was, will there be merch? The answer, short answer, yes. That's a great idea. There will be merch. And I cannot wait to get the merch out there. What's going to happen, though, is I, I'm, 
part of what we're going to integrate, you know, into some of these segments too are my chili reviews, chili vibes only. Uh, another plug for a website that hasn't launched yet. Hopefully that launches this weekend. Um, but I think we'll probably sell herd immunity t-shirts through or th- herd immunity merch, it, not just t-shirts, a bunch of merch through um, that website because I, I, actually, I can actually get the domain for that one, believe it or not. Some fucking cunts already have the herd immunity. Uh, com. So I think if I just wait a year, once this all fucking blows over, no one does anything, maybe it'll, it'll revert back. But um, for now, I think we'll, we'll host the merch at chilevibesalone.com, which, you know, that'll be a nice little cross-pollination. You know, who needs a, an MBA? Who needs a master's in business administration when I do my own cross-marketing with fucking creative projects that go absolutely nowhere? Um, but yeah, so, so more to come. Uh, more to come on that. Another question that came in. Will there be guests? The answer, you fucking betcha. However, in order for there to be a guest, there has to be somebody willing to come on and talk to me, um, which is a tall order. I have difficulty doing this um, at bars. I have difficulty doing this with women. Uh, I have difficulty, <laughs> fucking kidding. Um, but no, I think, as soon as, you know, there is someone that wants to come on, we can do it. I, I don't, I think given how fucking low budget this podcast of one with no producer is, it might be hard to actually do like a, like anything that's not in person. Um, but we can figure that out. Maybe do some, maybe do some collabs um, and, uh, you know, spend some t and on the herd immunity dime, which would be, which would be great. You know what? And that's, that's what we'll do. We will sell merch, um, which will fund travel and expenses to do a podcast in other cities. The traveling roadshow of the herd immunity is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. Public broadcasting. (laughs) THI is the new PBS. All right. That's the podcast, everybody. Um, wow, I can't believe you guys have lasted this long. Um, again, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and do another one of these. Um, but again, would love the feedback. I'll get an Instagram up. We can DM, email. Um, but looking forward to uh, talking to you guys soon. Take care.